Hey, AV Clubbers, this is John Tady, your senior editor of the AV Club, and it's time for another edition of Mom on Pop, the podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tady, weighs in on all sorts of pop culture. And today, Mom is going to be sharing with you her most anticipated TV shows of 2015. Mom, are you ready for the new year? I'm ready for the new year. I was going to say woo-hoo in there, but I didn't want to throw you, so. Oh, well, that's very considerate. You're such a pro broadcaster at this point. I know, I know. (laughs) You know, we got some new listeners over the holidays, thanks to uh, Apple iTunes. Yes, thank you, Apple iTunes, very much. Yeah, so if you're uh, hearing the show anew, welcome, and uh, we hope to tell your friends, because we hope to get even more listeners in 2015, so that you can be a media magnet, sort of like Martha Stewart, right, Mom? Oh, really? Yeah, sure, you'll be the Martha Stewart. Why didn't we discuss this beforehand, (laughs) and then I could have told you who I want to be. Oh, who do you want to be? Then I could have tell you, who very articulate this morning. (laughs) Who do you want to (laughs) be? Well, I have to think about it. Not Martha Stewart. No, not Martha Stewart. She is passe now, isn't she? Uh, I guess so. How about Ricky Lake? Oh, Johnny, come (laughs) on. Really? Um, Florence Henderson? Thank you, thank you. She's dead, isn't she? (laughs) I don't think she's dead, is she? I don't know, isn't she? I think she is. This is an instant research moment on the podcast. Is Florence Henderson alive or dead? Good God. She is alive. Listen, she is alive. Good for her. She is Good alive. For her. Age 80. Good she for her. doesn't I'm look proud. a day past 75. <laughs> well, the wheels are falling off already. How was your Christmas? Well, wait, before we pass on, when we went to the diner for breakfast, Dad said to the waitress, Oh, yes, Bonnie was the Pearl Mesta of Christmas. And... The woman looked at Dad like, uh, what the hell? Because nobody knows who Pearl Mesta is anymore. I don't know who Pearl Mesta is. Well, there you go. Look it up. Pearl Mesta was an American socialite, political hostess, and U.S. ambassador to Luxembourg. You really did remind me of an ambassador to Luxembourg over over (laughs) Christmas. She was known as the hostess with the mostest. There you go. go. Hostess with the mostest. Okay, that was you over Christmas. But how was your Christmas? How was it for you? You put together a wonderful holiday for all of us. Oh, my Christmas was wonderful. I was so excited. I, I felt like a little kid on Christmas Eve just when I got into bed and thought about all the kids and the grandkids. Everybody was under one roof. It was very exciting. Yeah. It was it was really a dream come true for me. What was your uh, favorite snack over Christmas? Because you just have this wonderful spread always. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. The crows are enjoying the leftovers now. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't put it out there for the crows. Why? Because crows are pests. Oh, I love my crows. <laughs> So the- I love my crows. And do you know, if I don't get some food out there by 8 o'clock every morning, <laughs> they just stand in the yard and bark. <laughs> I think that's I'm hilarious. sure the neighbors love that. Well, I wish I had some neighbors. <laughs> that's hilarious to me. They're very funny. They sit in the tree when I go out to get the newspaper, and they just, they just, they're big 
fat crows. I, I love them. Yeah, because you feed them a whole spread every day. I do. <laughs> I do. Johnny, what's wrong with that? It's just all this, all this extra food. <laughs> well, somebody's eating it. I mean, that pink cake, that pink cake that I overcooked. Nobody wanted to eat that, but the crows love it. They're so happy to see it. Oh, my God. It was like a Chinese buffet out on the lawn every day. <laughs> well, some days are more sparse than other days, but, yeah. Was- it's a great way to, to give the garbage disposer a rest. <laughs> yeah. Nature's garbage disposal, this flock of crows go. that, yeah, that basically owns you at this point. Well, there's a little bit of that going on for sure. All right. Um, so what was your, what was your, what's your favorite eats over Christmas? Okay. So what I really always look forward to are the chocolate covered cherries because I really do love them and yeah, I just don't buy them for myself. So I bought two boxes this year Mm. and after everyone left, I went out and realized that there was not one chocolate covered cherry left. Ugh. Who ate them all? I can't imagine. You know, I hate them, but. Mm. Oh, you don't like them? No, I don't. I don't like cherries. Oh. Well, I think Ashton ate them all. Your grandson? (laughs) I believe so. I believe that every time he ran through the living room... Now, I can say this because I'm pretty sure they don't listen. But every time he ran through the living room and we were all relieved that he left the living room... (laughs) I think he was going in the kitchen and eating more sugar. <laughs> yeah, that would compute because when he did come through the living room, he was like a basically like a streak of light. Yes, yeah. Uh, that just sort of whizzed by your eyes. Even if he was having a conversation with you, it was just like this strange being was uh, that you couldn't <laughs> quite focus on. <laughs> I didn't have a conversation no. with him this time. No, you couldn't really. Uh, he was really uh, off the charts. Yeah, so he definitely availed himself of the snack. Well, I'm sorry you didn't uh, get any chocolate-covered cherries, though. I didn't, but, I... you know, there's always Easter. Yeah, okay. I'm well, you have, you have that to look forward to. We have some but, business to... Yeah, go ahead. Well, first, let me say, and everybody left the Kahlua-filled chocolates, which I have not gotten into, but I don't know why nobody touched those. Nobody wants those. Nobody ever likes Kahlua as much as you think they're going to. Is that right? I think so. I think so. Well, I I will say that when you first arrived, I think within 10 minutes, the bottle of limoncello was gone. Well, that was so pretty. You got this beautiful... It wasn't gone, but we did tuck into it a little bit. It was not on the table available for others to partake. Well, you wouldn't do shots with me. (laughs) Well, I do have my limits, you know. Yeah, well, fair enough. You know, one thing we didn't do at Christmas this year was stockings. We didn't have our usual stockings, perhaps because you were trying to avoid some of the worst stocking stuffers that our uh, Twitter friends shared with us in our latest contest. That's right. To refresh people, our contest was to tweet mom with, uh, she's at MoxieNH, by the way, M-O-X-I-E-N-H, and listeners tweeted her with their best and worst stocking stuffers uh, that they'd ever gotten or that they ever could get. Some people use their imagination. That's right. For example, Jasper Bird Cycle, I don't know if that's his real name or not, 
said, uh, I loved getting Pez in my stockings for Christmas, but I was less pleased with the toothbrushes. Which sounds like it was somebody from our family. Yeah, because you, even you said on the last uh, podcast that you gave out toothbrushes and you didn't know anything. You didn't know that that wasn't a tradition. By the way, your Pez collection, a Pez is a great stocking stuffer, and your Pez collection is astonishing. I appreciated it anew on this trip. How many Pez dispensers do you think you have in your collection? Oh, couple hundred, probably 500, because some of them are downstairs still. 500. I think it might even be close to 1,000. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. There are so many, and you've got some beautiful rare ones in there, too. Yes, some older ones, and some from foreign countries. How did you get started collecting Pez? Well, I always liked them. You know, I had them when they didn't even have heads on them when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. because they were invented to help people... Uh, quit smoking. They were they were filled with little peppermint candies, but they quickly turned into a, a child's toy with the different figure heads on them. I didn't Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was a stop smoking aid originally because it's like a lighter, I guess, right? Right, and that's it. Didn't there's some up there that don't that are uh, like the originals, mm-hmm. but they are you know remakes of them. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have a head on them or or a figure or anything. Uh, They're very plain. And they were first manufactured to appeal to adults carrying your pocket. See, I always thought it was a way to make a pretty terrible candy more interesting. Because nobody really likes eating Pez, do they? I guess some people must. But they're not very good candy. But they're just fun to eat because they come in that little toy. Well, that is your opinion because I like (laughs) Pez candy very much. (laughs) I thought it might be my opinion. <laughs> well, it definitely is your opinion. Yeah. Yes, I think it's one of the more well-known chalk candies. Ugh, yeah, a whole category that I really could do without. Again, you are, you know, you're just so sophisticated. <laughs> you and your Godivas. Okay, so Jasper Bird Cycle loves getting Pez, hates getting toothbrushes. Uh, what's another one? All right, well, let me tell you this one. This one, this one was sort of my favorite in that Katie Regina Martin said that she likes to get chocolate truffles, but she thinks the worst thing to get is office supplies, which I would like to get. Pencils and pads and whatnot. Right, because you know somebody just stole them from work and brought them home, and that just kind of tickles me. Yeah, I think that's what she's getting at. It's the... there's not a lot of thought necessary for that's a stocking right. stuffer, but even office supplies even fail to meet that bar. Right. That's right. It's like going to the gas station and getting everybody a nice air freshener. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of my cousins did that once for Christmas. He was coming to Christmas, and uh, I gathered later he didn't realize other people would be giving him presents. So he yeah. stopped at the old Jiffy Mart there uh, on the way to Christmas Picked up gifts for everybody. That year, I got uh, K-Packs on DVD, the Kevin Spacey classic <laughs> K-Packs. I've never heard of it. Well, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't terribly acclaimed, but uh, that, was, that was a lousy gift. Yeah, but I'm That's sure he got funny. it for four ninety nine, right next to the uh, Caramellos and uh, cigarettes That's by the <laughs> That's right. checkout. That's right. And the ham sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> This was another favorite of mine. Kent Woods got catnip mice, 
but you didn't have a cat. Yeah, that was my favorite. <laughs> that is that might be the worst in my opinion. That reminds oh. me of the year that I gave Graham a, a card with a, a, a check in it and I just you know, when it gets very towards Christmas, I sort of lose it, and I'm sure I was in the drugstore and just loved the picture and picked it out, and when she opened it up and opened it up to the inside, it said, for the paper boy, <laughs> which still cracks me up for some reason. How did, did it leave another work cards for the paper boy? Well, they were making them 10 years ago, so there oh, you go. Lord, to the paper boy. How did you pick that one up? Of all the cards. I, I I don't know, but I couldn't stop laughing. I was embarrassed, but I also couldn't stop laughing. There's some mechanism in me that is not wired correctly. So. <laughs> let's let's just go through some of these other ones, some of these other funny ones before we... Um, Emily's husband uh, uses imagination. He said the best stocking stuffer would be money and the worst would be anthrax. Well, he's right on. Yeah, I guess that's true. Emily says he's not one for nuance. What I like about this tweet is not really the joke about money and anthrax, but yeah, Emily's commentary at the end, he's not one for nuance, she says. And I just can detect the dynamic in this marriage, you know? I can see her rolling her eyes at her husband and making these dumb jokes. But she entered him. She did enter him. He's in the mix. Uh, What about Meg Corcoran's? You have hers there? I do. She likes a Toblerone, jewelry, oranges, and the worst was a nutmeg rasper, which she did rasp her hand on. Oh, boy. Who needs a nutmeg rasp, for God's sake? I don't know. Maybe she drinks a lot of eggnog. (laughs) Stocking stuffers, I think, are best when they're consumable. Really? Yeah, I don't need a lot of bric-a-brac, you know, junk drawer stuff. And that's why I I stopped doing them, because, you know, it got to be quite an effort to fill them. And with four of you, it's hard to fill them equitably. Mm. And it just, it just was too much. It just had to, it had to go. Jennifer Durovchich says the worst stocking stuffer is a pack of Kleenex. I rather disagree. I think that's a great stocking stuffer. I agree. I love a pack of Kleenex. The best stocking stuffer from Lauren Bates is a Pandora charm. That's quite a lavish stocking stuffer, I think. Yes. You like those yes. Pandora charms. I do. I got a bracelet this year so that so that you children could bestow all your thoughts and blah, blah, blah on me. In charm form. In charm form. Yeah, that's quite a racket they've got going with this Pandora it is. stuff. I know. I know it is. And I, I did... Well, tell the folks what it is. In case they don't know. Well, you buy this charm bracelet that's empty, and then the store has hundreds of charms that are uh, just everything. You got two cats because you have two cats for me. Yep. That's not funny. It's, it's a funny you sentence. At? You got two cats because you have two cats. I don't know. This I just there's something I love about that. But yes, I got you two cats because I have two cats. <laughs> Perhaps you're not wired quite correctly either. <laughs> I can't tell you why that's funny, but it just is. Well, will you think about it later today? I sure will. Uh, but first, I have to pick a winner of well, our contest. Well, wait, wait, Warren. Lauren's worst gift was face wax, and I'm, I'm with her there. <laughs> yeah, that's a little, 
A little inconsiderate, yeah. Yeah. Could you take care of that mustache? <laughs> you uh, once gave Dad a nose hair trimmer for Christmas. I remember that. That is a fine gift. I have one Isn't myself. It? Well, yeah. See, there you go. I think you got one the same year. I think I gave everybody one. So it's time to pick our winner, and everybody has been plugged into the random.org randomizer. Even if your tweet wasn't read, if you, although I think we got to almost everybody. I think so, yeah. Uh, you are in the mix here. Here we go. And the winner is Jasper Bird Cycle. No way. Yep. No way. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Jasper Birdsight. I don't know. We may find out because, uh, Jasper, we're going to be in touch about your prizes and uh, we'll put a picture of the prize package on the post on the AV Club. You can take a look okay. at that. So if you're listening by iTunes and want to see what the prizes are, go to the AV Club uh, website, avclub.com, and you can find it. Hopefully, our search engine is <laughs> really isn't very good, but, uh, you know, if you Google AV Club Mom on Pop, it pops right up. Just Google it, for God's sake. <laughs> you know how the internet works, people. You're listening to the podcast. Obviously, you're capable. Okay, so uh, as we're recording this, we got news just a few hours ago about uh, the death of Stuart Scott, the longtime Sports Center anchor who uh, had gone through multiple bouts with cancer and uh, unfortunately succumbed uh today he died today as we're recording this and uh mom what do you think about Stuart scott do you did you watch him for a long time on espn i did watch him because dad used to watch it and so there i was watching it and i'll tell you i really i really admired him uh and then when i was reading about him this morning it seemed like this was a very determined man and also a very brave man, I think, because I read that when people didn't like him and sent him nasty letters because they didn't like him because he was black or because yeah. he um, did some hip-hop yeah, words. Yeah, he would or, pepper a lot of hip-hop references into his patter. You know, every sports center anchor, especially back then when he started, uh, had their own style, and that was his style. Right. And if they put their address in there or a way to contact them, he would always contact them and want to talk it out with them, which I think is really brave. Yeah, that's very impressive. I mean, and not to, and not to mention brave in his battle with cancer. I mean, um, I just think there's a lot to admire about him and a lot to be missed. He did deal with a lot, not only the uh, cancer, but, you know, he had uh, that, eye, that terrible eye injury, uh, right. Yet he never, he was always so full of vitality, even when he was sick or even when he had been injured. You know, it never really affected his his on-screen demeanor. His passion always came through, and that's what I think was impressive about him. I also think cooler than the other side of the pillow is one of the best catchphrases in sportscasting history. Most definitely. Most definitely. And, and a lot of mention was made about that. Um, it, it's just absolute perfection yeah because it really it conjures an image and, and what feels better than that other side of the pillow on a hot night nothing nothing it's the, it's the most beautiful phrase yeah it's just wonderful and he, he's going to be missed he's he really going to be missed by so many fans he is well i'm glad we took a moment to remember him yeah we now are looking forward to your most anticipated pop culture of 2015 
I should have said this up top. This is what today's show is. We don't really have anything to review. There hasn't been anything new since last time. So we're going to talk about what you're looking forward to, Mom. And you've chosen a bunch of TV shows that you're looking forward to. I have chosen a bunch of TV shows, but I will also tell you that I would still like to see Boyhood and Top 5. And I'm still waiting for that to land on my continent. (laughs) <laughs> it takes a while for the movies to make it out the, to New Hampshire. It does. It does. But I would also, and I also, Anna recommended um, Big Eyes, and I think I'd like to see that too. Anna hasn't even seen Big Eyes. Well, she wants to see it. And I think she's right. Right on, sister. Okay, Tim Burton's Big Eyes. All right. But what can't we see yet that we will see on TV this year that you're looking forward to? Well, the first one... The first one I chose was Last Man on Earth. This is starring Will Forte uh, from Saturday Night Live and McGruber. Uh, do you like Will Forte? I do. And the premise is that he is simply the last man on Earth. And I really want this to be good. But I, I like the concept. Um, but then I got anxious watching the trailer for it. Yeah. Be- because he's the last man on Earth, and I'm not sure why. Do you know why? I don't know why. I think that it's. I think that it's mysterious on the show, at least okay. to start with. And I'm fine with that. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it showed him going into the grocery store and filling his cart. Right. And then he gets to the porn section, and he dumps everything out of his cart and fills it with porn. Yeah. And then I started to get anxious because I think, well, if he is the the last man on earth, what is going to happen when there's when he, nobody's growing food or making electricity. And uh, I think I'm, I might be overthinking it, but it made me a little anxious. I did the same thing. I always do the same thing with these last man on earth situations because, yes, I always wonder about uh, the nuclear power plants and the right. uh, all these things that I guess I think mostly about the electricity and the power plants. I obviously they're going to shut down at some point, but what happens to them? What happens to them when they're left unattended? And I just wonder if the world is set up to stop running gracefully if everybody disappears. I doubt that it is. Oh, I, I doubt that it is too. And so this, while I liked the concept initially. I don't know if I'm healthy enough to watch this show. Well, I bet they'll do it with humor, and I bet they'll uh, be able to take care of all that stuff, all those concerns. All right. I think they can pull it off with grace. Ooh, that's a, that's asking a lot from television. So this is <laughs> this is going to be on Fox, and I believe it premieres in March, but I should check that. Okay, yeah, March. So, okay. The Last Man on Earth premieres uh, March 1st, in fact. In fact, a lot of the stuff you have on this list is a couple months away. It's going to be a right. big March for TV. Which which is very odd to me. March. It is weird, isn't it? Well, you know, I'm still always expecting that television is going to run the way it did when I was a kid, that it ran for 34 weeks from September right right through June or something like that. And oh, yeah. They used to make 50 episodes of, of stuff and just churn it out. Right. But, uh, yeah, Last Man on Earth, the, the premise always makes me nervous, but I, too, am looking forward to this. January Jones is going to be in this, and I'll be interested to see how she does in a comedy, because I don't know if you remember her being on uh, SNL that one time, but it didn't go too well. 
Yeah, it wasn't too good. I've never seen her in a uh, non uh, Betty Draper role that I really found her convincing in. I'll say that. Right. And you've said that before. Well, I feel a little bad about it because she is so good as Betty Draper, but I also wonder if that role was perhaps made for her. Hmm. I'm well, not that's saying, interesting. I'm not saying that is that she is Betty Draper. I'm just saying if perhaps that was the role she was born to play. Because you know she is not Betty Draper. Oh, she's not? No. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that changes my whole outlook. Yes, I know. Uh, a little dash of reality for you, John yeah, Katie. Yeah. Okay, should we go to your next pick? Yes, my next pick was uh, Battle Creek, and I really only picked this because I thought it was going to be about cereal. Um, <laughs> That's <and> Kellogg's? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be about people working in a cereal factory. I thought that would be very funny. That's not what it is at all. Well, I know, but I still put it on my list because I hoped that's what it would be. This is number two on your most anticipated list, too. And you're not... Do you know what it is now? I do. It's two detectives that are That's right. very opposite. A brand new concept, I think. I don't think we've <laughs> seen this before. Uh, I don't know any of the people on this show. And I think it might have potential. And I say that with great reluctance. Well, but it's uh, being helmed in part by Vince Gillett. Okay, let me try that again. Um <laughs> One of the executive producers is Vince Gilligan from Breaking Bad. Right. You've got two Vince Gilligan shows on here, on your list, in fact, because you also had Better Call Saul on your most anticipated list. So did you like Breaking Bad? Oh, I loved it. Oh, okay. So you're not... Oh, I loved it. You're not in bad shape then. Okay. What was your favorite Breaking Bad scene? Oh, there were so many. I will tell you the one that I... that first comes to mind is when he has come back home from Vermont. Is that where he was? Uh, New or Hampshire. Was it, New Hampshire? it was New Hampshire, yeah. Okay. And Skyler is on the telephone, mm. and the camera backs out, and you see that he's actually standing behind a pillar. Um, I still <laughs> scare myself a little thinking about that scene. Yeah, I remember. That was a big moment. That gave me the shivers. It did. Uh, do you have a favorite? Um, I do have moment? a favorite. My favorite is uh, a scene, I want to say maybe season three, could be season four, where uh, Walt is in the RV and uh, Hank is right outside and is about to come mm-hmm. in and he's like five feet away, just separated by that thin wall of of the RV and uh, the owner of the junkyard, or I forget where they kept it, but... Uh, sort of heads hang off at the pass and has this argument about the Constitution and whatnot with him and gets him Mm. to go away. But that, you know, it wasn't necessarily the tensest or most potentially violent moment, but it was just so... Everything was so close to crumbling for him there, as it was so many times in the series. So many times. But I just really loved that... uh, near standoff at the at the RV because yeah. I felt like at that point it was the show saying we realize how ridiculous this has gotten that Walt still hasn't been caught and right. the show didn't shy away from it it took it to its absolute extreme and I thought that was yes. really brave yes I think one of the other things I loved was him in his underwear which he used to do on Malcolm in the Middle too <laughs> yeah 
And it just cracks me up that they carry that through, sort of like a private joke with millions of people. Well, in the early years, that was really the iconic image of the series, him standing there in his underwear, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay, so Battle Creek, uh, let's talk a little about Better Call Saul while we're talking about Vince Vince Gilligan shows. Uh, Bob Odenkirk is going to star in this Breaking, this is pre-Breaking Bad years for him. It, it seems that way, although the reports we've gotten have been mixed. Maybe it's going to be future, too, but it's, it's mainly, oh. it seems, a prequel, yes, of Saul pre-Breaking Breaking Bad years. Okay. That's what I, that's what I read it as. So. Yeah, that's what there, And there wasn't much in the trailer except for him kicking a trash can. I don't even know why they made that trailer, because it was awful. Um, and I really... I have been looking forward to this so long that now I'm just kind of irritated with the whole thing. Just put it on already. I'm tired of hearing about it, too. I've been looking forward to it so much because he was so funny on that on that show. And this is going to be a mix of drama and comedy, I understand. Uh, and Vince Gilligan has said more of an emphasis on the former. But uh, I just I think Bob Odenkirk is finally maybe we'll finally have his moment here. He really I hope so. Burst out with Breaking Bad to the mainstream and I hope that he's so talented. Very talented. I really want this to work, but as I say, I'm pretty I'm I'm almost over it at this point. Yeah. Well, you got yeah, we got to see the real thing now. Enough okay. anticipation, enough teasers. Uh Better Call Saul premieres on AMC on February 8th. And uh, Battle Creek will be on CBS in March. So we won't have to wait too long. Well, don't be rushing it along. I got a lot of stuff to do. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, now, uh, what about, uh, what's next? You got a comedy next. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. This is Tina Fey's new series. Right. Uh, you know who's working on this is uh, my college buddy, Sam Means. Get out, really? Yeah, he's a writer on this. He's just bouncing everywhere, isn't he? He gets around. He was on The Daily Show. He was at Parks and Rec for a couple seasons. Uh, he was at 30 Rock for 30 a couple Rock, seasons. Yeah. Pretty good pedigree. Yeah, I'll say. So, yeah, I'll say. He's writing for this. No, 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 tell the folks what the premise of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is. Uh, she leaves a cult. Kimmy Schmidt is Ellie Kemper from The Office, mm-hmm. who I didn't like on The Office. Oh, um, no? No, she was... No, I don't like flighty. Too odd. Yeah. Yeah. I think I like odd, but I don't like, I don't know. Airheaded odd. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. So she escapes escapes from a cult and moves to New York City um, and for a fresh start. And I think she gets hired as a nanny. She does, yes. To Green, to Green, to Jane Krakowski. Yes, well done. Yes. Oh, I hate all that up talk. What do you mean? I'm talking like that. <laughs> I'm ending every sentence in a question. Well, you're actually you're asking actual questions, so I don't think it's so bad. Well, I'm getting on my own nerves now. Well, I'm sure the listeners are still delighted and uh, giggling and smiling, and so don't worry. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm sorry to the listeners <laughs> if you hate that as much as I do. So, do you think Tina Fey can come? Did you like 30 Rock? You loved it, right? I did. How could you not? This is Tina Fey and Robert Carlock again collaborating on this show. And it was originally going to be on NBC, but now it's going to be on Netflix. And the curious thing is, they 
it moved to Netflix, and they ordered another year of it. Yeah, it's got a two-season order. Before it even showed. So somebody has a lot of faith in this, right? Yeah, and I like when I, I like that Netflix does this. I like that they do things that they're a little bold and they make big yeah. bets. Uh, and I think that's... I think people really respond to that, too. I like watching a show knowing that it's going to have time to develop, don't you? Yes, yes, because I think a lot of times that's just what a show needs. That's right, and I need it to not be worried about, oh, should I get into this or or not, or I like having a little security. I'm not going right. to have to worry for at least two seasons about Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Right, this this contract with America. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so netflix right? has guaranteed america we get two years of this yeah and let's hope it's good yeah and maybe two years will be enough there uh, have been some great two-year comedies sledgehammer comes to mind of course one of my earliest oh, well, and doesn't loves. that come to all our minds I'd, everybody always remembers sledgehammer when we talk about great two-season comedies <laughs> It's the first one off everyone's lips. You know, I do find more people remember Sledgehammer than you would think. Really? Because it was a semi-obscure show. It didn't last very long. It, it barely made it to two seasons. If you haven't seen it, it is, it is on DVD, and it's sort of a, a Dirty Harry send-up uh, from the late 80s that was on ABC, and I think it was ahead of its time. Well, that's for sure. Do, do you ever look at a, an occasional episode of occasionally that? Occasionally, I'll break out the DVDs and look at it. And, you know, it hasn't aged well entirely, but okay. there are some things in it that I s still find very funny and, yeah, kind of forward-looking comedy. That's interesting. I have not seen it because I was not quite the devotee that you were, mm -hmm. uh, but I know that we enjoyed it at the time. Standing the test of time is what I would be interested to see. Yeah, well, I'm not sure how much it stands the test of time, but more than you would think, I would guess. All right. Do you want to give it a percentage? Uh, I would say, yeah, <laughs> two-thirds of it, I think, still stands up. Okay. And last but not least, okay. fresh off the boat. And, you know, I'm really, I think I'm going to take this off the list. I'm not looking forward to this. Oh, Why? Well, I read a description of it, and I put it on my list. And then I did find a trailer of it last night, and I, th I think it's offensive. Well, tell everyone what the premise of this one is oh, if they okay. haven't heard about it. This is a, and I'm not sure, so I'm just going to go with uh, Asian. Mm -hmm. That's right. Okay. Uh, family that moves, and I thought they moved from you know, the jungle in Vietnam to um, Atlanta. But what I found out, indeed, they moved from D.C. to Atlanta to open a steakhouse. To Orlando. And, to Orlando they moved to. Oh, I thought it was Atlanta. Well, they both end in vowels. Yeah, yeah they sound similar, but I, I believe they moved to Orlando. Well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> so, to open a steakhouse. And they're real fish out of water, and I believe it's told from the son's perspective, mostly. Mm -hmm. A little bit like Wonder Years, maybe. And, um, or Everybody Hates Chris. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Oh, okay. I think it's, I think it's been likened to Everybody Hates Chris, which was the uh, Chris Rock comedy set in, set in Brooklyn that was told from the point of view of a young Chris Rock. Well, pardon me. You are so pardoned. 
So they move the air, and they're they're out of out of their depth here. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I I think this is going to be a stinker. I have to say. Let me let me make an argument for it. It is uh, executive produced by Nanachka Khan, who uh, created. We were just talking about great two season comedies. Yeah. Don't trust the bee in apartment twenty three. Did you ever re- watch that one? No. I, that's one's on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on Netflix after the new year, but I think so. It would be worth checking out. Okay. Uh, because it was excellent. It only lasted two years, and maybe that's all it really needed to last. But yeah. uh, James Vanderbeek is very funny in it. So, I yeah, I check out uh, Don't Trust the Bee, and I'm going to give this a chance because of Nanachka Khan. Uh, she's done well in the past. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to disagree with you on this because I think it... The, the little bits that I saw were, were actually, I think, offensive. So, not to me, but to somebody. <laughs> you're, you're offended on somebody else's behalf. Hey, that's right. I'm out there. I got everybody's back. <laughs> I see. It sounds like maybe you're just looking to take umbrage. Well, I can't like everything, you know? I can't like everything. I left Battle Creek on there even when I found out what it was, and I'm trying to make everyone happy. You're really only anticipating three of the shows on this list at this point, then, right? Well, I don't think we need to count them. Last Man on Earth, yeah. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Ooh, Better yeah. Call Saul are what you're really looking forward to. Okay. And to recap, Battle Creek, uh, you thought was about cereal, and that's how it got on the list, which is a great idea for a show, by the way. I think it really could be. I'd love to see a show uh, about uh, people who make cereal. It could be a comedy, people who invent new cereal flavors, yeah. and I think and that's an idea. Contact me if anybody wants to make that a yeah, show. Yeah, you should pitch that to the networks. <laughs> I just did. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, for pilot season this year, we'll go out to L.A. and okay. take some meetings. All right, we'll flesh it out okay. a little bit. What, what is it going to be called? Well, like what? Serial Serial is gone, right? <laughs> Serial Serial is the AV Club's podcast about cereal, yes, and as is Serial. And uh, Battle Creek, obviously that's gone now. Hmm. I think we should call it something like, you know, the prize in the box or something like that. The prize in the box, that's great. All right, well, you get on that. Move over, fresh off the boat. Here comes the prize in the box. Last man on Earth, forget it. We've got the prize in the box. That's right. That's right. Okay. And wait till you see what the prize is. (laughs) Yeah. All right, those are your most... So I imagine we'll review those as they come out then. Oh, that would be great, yeah. So that's a little preview of uh, shows to come on Mom on Pop. Mom, do you have anything else you want to share with the listeners before we sign well, off? Well, I would just like to say Happy New Year to everybody. Oh, that's sweet. If you'd like to chat with Mom on your own, you can follow her on Twitter at MoxieNH, M-O-X-I-E-N-H. And uh, if you enjoy the show, please review us on iTunes and tell your friends. We always appreciate it. helps us get more listeners which uh, helps us make more Mom on Pops. Actually, we're going to make it either way, frankly. Oh, you shouldn't have told them that. Well, but tell your friends, but we're going to make more either way. In fact, we'll be back in two weeks with another edition of Mom on Pop. Uh, Mom, you want to say so long? So long. So long from me, John Tatey. We'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Bye for now.